Good morning and, and buenos dias. It's always an honor and a, and a privilege to, to share with you what, what God puts in my heart. And the word of God tells us that um, all things are possible for those who believe. And I stand before a body of awesome believers. And we gather together to, to commune with Christ with all of our heart, with all of our strength. And with all of ourselves. And this morning, I want to ask you to add a little portion of our imagination. I want to take you on a journey. And I want you to imagine that your time on this earth has expired and all is left behind and you are now standing before God what do your eyes see What will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only Some will see Jesus and bow down at his feet. Some will dance with Jesus. And some will just be in awe. And what a beautiful sight to see. Will you pray with me? Jesus, you came to this earth for the forgiveness of our sins. Forgive us when we fail. This bread is a symbol of your broken body. As we partake of it, may we take it in a manner that is pleasing to you. Amen. By his glory indeed, what will my eyes see? Some may see his pierced hands. Some may see his pierced feet. Some may see the crown of thorns and the blood flowing down his cheeks. Jesus shed his blood that we may have everlasting life and to spend eternity with him. What will your eyes see? Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on that old wooden tree. You shed your blood 
so that we may have life with you and through you. This is the cup that represents your blood and your love for us. Amen. I can only imagine what a glorious day that will be when your face is before me. Lord, you have given each and every one of us a gift, a talent to share with others and to help others and to, to provide for ourselves and others in need. Give us wisdom and courage to do unto others as we would do unto you. Will you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, for this awesome church family. Thank you for our own families. May we always continue to share the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. May we always do what is pleasing in your eyes as we give back a portion of what you bless us with. May we give with a joyful heart. I could only imagine what God's eyes will see. Amen. Everyone needs compassion, the kindness of a saving. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. So take me as you find me. All my fears and failures. Fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. Now I surrender. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever, author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing 
for the glory of the risen King. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Thank you. You can have a seat. Matt Clark, come and preach the word. Jay stole my job again, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Matt Clark uh, is here to give us our lesson today, and uh, Matt uh, went to LCU, and he met a very beautiful lady while he was there, <laughs> Mel's niece, Jana, and they have three uh, beautiful daughters, and we're just happy they're here, and it gives us a chance to visit with them, but I know you'll enjoy Matt's lesson, and as they said, preach the word, Matt. <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Rex. So it's um, it's great to be here, and it's, uh, it's just an honor to be connected with the Gateway family, um, with all of you um, from grants um, that, that we get to share um, in this kingdom life. Uh, because we get to be sons and daughters. And that I have brothers and sisters all over the state and all over the planet. And that we get to be connected in the same blood that runs through your veins. And the same blood that runs through my veins. And so it's an honor to be connected um, with you guys. Um, I've, I've known J.E. Uh, for a while. Knew Megan before I knew J.E. And we like Megan a whole lot better. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we like J.E. too. Um, and uh, no, we think they're great. You guys uh, is such a blessing. I'm so, I, I'm so happy and so thankful. That I think J.E. personally is, is one of the best youth ministers on the planet. And you guys get him right here. And he's only three and a half hours away from me. And so that's, uh, that's, that's fun for us. And, and I've gotten to know John, um, Johnny D, as I call him, over the last uh, several years. And um, Man, what a blessing that he is. I, I assure you of one thing this morning. Um, you'll be happy to have John back uh, next week. So, <laughs> um, but, but, but just an honor um, to, to be here, to be connected, um, to serve this great God that we sing about and for, for him to connect us in such a way that we get to be family in this lifetime, not just the next. Um, and so that's fun. And, and I just, if you, if you guys would do me a favor, can, can you guys stand? I want to play, pray a blessing. I love everything the Gateway does. I love what you mean to this community. I love how you respond, how your, your brothers and sisters with, with all those that call in the name of Jesus here in this city. Um, I just love that about you guys. Um, boy, if, 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 if more of us could have some of the same attitudes that, that y'all have, and if we, if we could carry that um, into our cities like you guys carry that into your cities. Uh, boy, the world would be a different place. And so, um, so, so from us and grants, thank you. And, and it's a privilege for me. So just let me pray a blessing over you guys real quick. God, we just, um, we just thank you. And, I, and, and in this moment, Lord, I just particularly thank you for your family here at Gateway Church of Christ and what they mean to this place and what they mean to this city and the way that they are advancing your kingdom here 
And so, Lord, just bless them with great courage and great strength to continue to do your kingdom work, to love like you love. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for letting me do that. You guys can have a seat. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to give it a shot anyway. You know, when John called me about, um, about filling in for him, um, man, it was, and when he told me about it, he said, so here's our theme. You know, our theme is, is encountering Jesus. And you can use our theme or you can use, um, you know, you can just use something, whatever you want. And I said, man, sign me up. You guys are talking about encountering Jesus. I'm in on that deal, whatever. Um, just that, that, that sounds fun to me. And you just tell me what, what chapters or what, what, I, what text I need to do. And, and I'm with you on that. And so it was, it, not only was it exciting to be able to come here, but to, for you guys to be going through that and taking this journey through encountering Jesus and what that means and how that affects things um, is just, it's, it's a privilege, a privilege for me. And so when he told me, he said, he said, listen, so we're gonna, you're going to be going through Luke. Um, you, can, you can choose between Luke 3 or Luke 4. Um, and so, so I chose uh, Luke 4, but um, man, what, what, a, what a packed couple of chapters in, in Luke chapter 3 and Luke chapter 4, especially if this is what you're talking about, encountering Jesus. And so, so these two chapters are just of some of the great, in my opinion, some of the great gospel chapters. We're going to hone in on the last part of chapter 4, but these two chapters are just so amazing. I mean, we, here's the movement of these two chapters here. So, so here we are at the end of chapter, I'm going to go to the end of chapter 3, and we have Jesus, and we see his baptism there. And Luke records his baptism, and, and and in, in other gospel accounts, the, the heavens are ripped open. I mean, ripped open like the ceiling is ripped open. If somebody were to take two giant big hands and rip the ceiling open, that's what they would look like, look like when they said the heavens were ripped open. Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit descended on him in the form of a dove. And so we read about this movement from his, his baptism. And then he's led into the desert. And so what happens? What happens? He goes into the desert, then he leaves for Nazareth, but he, he walks into that desert full of the Spirit. He walks into that desert full of the Spirit. He's tested. He's led by the Spirit. This is Jesus, the Son of God, allowing himself to be led by the Spirit. He walks in there full of the Spirit. He's allowing himself to be led by the Spirit. He is tested. When he comes on the other end of that testing, that time in the desert, it says he walks out of the desert in the power of the Spirit. And that in and of itself is such a good thing for us to hold on to because how many times have we walked into the desert? We've walked into the desert. We're full of the Holy Spirit. We're being led by the Holy Spirit, but we're walking into the desert and we are being tested. But the hope, the hope is just like Jesus walked out of that desert. The hope is that we walk out of the desert in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so here Jesus is this movement from his baptism to this testing in the desert. And then he winds up in Nazareth. And, and this, this is one of the ma- amazing stories in the Bible to me. It's not where we're going to spend our time, but, but, but I want us to just pay just a little bit of attention because it has, it has implications for how we treat each other. He walks into Nazareth, his hometown. This is Jesus, the Son of God. 
It's like Nazareth, his hometown, is set up for the big reveal. You know, we see these TV shows where there all these makeovers are made, then they go back to their hometown, and then it's like this big revealing party. Ooh, look, it's the new me. And this big reveal, it's like Jesus has chosen Nazareth for his big reveal. He sits down in the synagogue, he reads from, from the scrolls of Isaiah, and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He reads this messianic prophecy, this, this thing that says, this is what the Son of God, this is what the Messiah is going to be like. He reads it, he rolls it up, he gives it back to the attendant, attendant and says, today what I just read you has been fulfilled in your hearing. Today, what I just read you, you've been waiting, you've been praying for the, Holy, uh, for, for the Messiah to come on earth. You've been praying for years and years. Today, what I just read you, it's been fulfilled. It's happened. I'm here in the flesh. And so here he is, Jesus, in his hometown. He is revealing himself to the world. He's chosen Nazareth, his hometown. He's given them home field advantage. Nazareth is primed. For Jesus to, to just release whatever God is going to release through him. And here in this moment. And after that, he rolls it up to the attendant. He gives it back to him. He says, hey, listen, this is, I'm him. What I just read, what you've been praying about for all of these years, I'm him. I'm here right now in your midst, in your presence. And it says they all bore witness to him. They were amazed by his gracious, his grace-filled words. They all bore witness to him. They all looked at him in that moment and, says, and said, he really is what he just read. They all agreed in that moment that this Jesus of Nazareth really is the Messiah. So their hearts came alive and their hearts bore witness to something that they knew to be true. It's like God was revealing this to them. Yeah, what he read, it's true. But in an instant, in an instant, everything changed. Because what happened? They bore witness, and in the very next sentence, the very next phrase, the very next words, isn't this Joseph's son? Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I know that our hearts think that this, this is the son of God, that this is the Messiah, but hold on, wait a second. Isn't this Joseph's son? Because we know Joseph. And we know Mary, and we know their, their, their family, we know their other kids, we know Jesus' brothers, and so we know all of that. Isn't this Joseph's son? And in an instant, in an instant, everything that God had planned for that place, for Nazareth. What do we remember Nazareth for? Not the city where Jesus launched his ministry. That's not what we remember Nazareth for. Remember Nazareth as a city of unbelief. A city that didn't have faith. Because they bore witness and in a moment they flipped that. They let the logic of what was true in the natural. Jesus is the son of Joseph. They let the logic of that supersede the logic, what was in their heart, what God was revealing to them here in the supernatural. That this is the son of God. And so in that moment, everything was sucked out of the room. Mark actually goes further and he says, listen, and Jesus could, do, this is the son of God. And Jesus could do no miracles there. All he could do was lay his hands on a few sick people and they were healed. Which is pretty good, in my opinion. But, <laughs> but for him to record that Jesus could do no miracles there, why? Because in an instant they didn't honor Jesus for who he was, the Son of God. What did Jesus say? A prophet isn't honored in his hometown? 
And because they didn't honor him for who God had created, who he was. Because they didn't honor Jesus for who he was. Jesus could do no miracles there. And so the implication for us is how many times do we walk through this world and not honor each other for who God created us to be? How many times do we miss out on things, the reward that God has planned for us, for the atmosphere around us, because we refuse to honor each other, who God created us to be? I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out on what God is doing around me. And I I don't care if that means that I have to set aside my pride a little bit because you don't look like somebody who should be honored or or you don't you don't smell like somebody that should be honored. You don't act like somebody that should be honored. But I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there and take a chance anyway, because I don't want to miss out on what God is doing. And so we honor. We honor each other for who God created us to be. This connection between honor and the release of God's power. Which brings us to our text this morning. Luke chapter 4, verses 31 through 44. So then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath began to teach the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his message had authority. In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, How? What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Interesting that the demons realized who Jesus was. Nazareth did not. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Some of your translations said he spoke harshly to the demon. He said, be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, what is this teaching with authority and power? He gives orders to evil spirits and they come out and the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. So Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever. And now it's interesting to note that Jesus talks the same way to the demon that he talks to the fever. He talks the same way to the evil spirit as he does to the sickness, the fever. He speaks harshly to the fever. So he bent over and rebuked the fever and it left her. Just like the demon left The man. Interesting. She got up at once, began to wait on them. And when the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people shouting, you are the son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Christ. And at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving. But he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. So here Jesus is. People are are coming into contact with him. They're coming in the same space. They're moving into the same vicinity as Jesus. They're encountering him. A demon says, I know who you are. You're Jesus. You're the Holy One of God. 
Nazareth may not have recognized you, but I do. Jesus said, spoke harshly to him, rebuked him sternly. Get out of here. And he left. Walks over to his disciple, Simon Peter's house. Mother-in-law is sick, has a high fever. Speaks sternly to the fever, to the sickness. Says, get out. You don't belong here. Sickness leaves. Then he laid his hands. Word about this got out. Laid his hands on all that they brought to him. Each one of them, it says. And they were healed. And many demons left. And Luke 4 just paints this beautiful picture for us to read, for us to look at. So when people encountered Jesus, things changed. When they came into contact with Jesus, everything changed. And here Jesus is laying his hands on people, having them healed, seeing realities changed, things shift, a climate different. In John, we get a couple of pictures of Jesus that that just go so good with what we're looking at here. In John, Jesus describes himself, or John is describing Jesus and and some of the words that Jesus speaks about himself. In chapter 1, he says, listen, look, you're kind of amazed that I said I saw you, Nathaniel, I saw you under the fig tree here. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You're going to see greater things. What you're going to see is the heavens open over the Son of Man. You're going to see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So you're going to see the heavens open. Angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. In essence, everywhere I go, everywhere that you see me go, heaven will follow me. Heaven's activity will go with me. Angels will ascend and descend over me, Jesus, everywhere I go. And then in chapter, in chapter 10, we, we read this chapter and Jesus describes himself as a shepherd. And we love that picture of Jesus as the shepherd. But he also uses another. He said, listen, I'm the shepherd. But before that, I'm the gate. And Jesus calls himself the gate. And what is a gate? A gate is it's a transition point. It's a way to get from, from one realm to another realm. It, I, at my house, I've got a gate that goes into my backyard. It transitions me. When I walk through the gate, I go from the front yard into the backyard. I go from one reality into another reality. And Jesus says, I am the gate. My house is built. It borders on two different worlds, heaven and earth. And when you meet me, when you encounter me, the reality is that you encounter heaven. An encounter with me equals an encounter with heaven. I'm the gate. Once you come into contact with me, you transition from one realm into another realm. The realities of this world may not exist in my world. And so which one supersedes? It's always heaven. And so Jesus, he he models this reality in in Luke chapter 4 as as the gate, as one where this heavenly activity follows him around everywhere that he goes. Why? Because encountering Jesus is the reality of encountering heaven. And how did that work in chapter 4? Everyone that was brought to him, he laid his hands on, he transitioned them from one place to another. 
and they were healed. Guess what? Sickness doesn't exist where I'm from. High fever doesn't exist where I'm from. So let me transition you from one place to another, from one reality to another. And my reality wins. Sickness, you got to go. Guess what? Demons don't exist where I'm from. Evil spirits, they're not here where I'm from. And so I'm the gate. I'm going to transition you from one reality to another. So where I'm from, there's no demons. So guess what? You guys got to go. And the demons left. Because an encounter with Jesus is an encounter with the reality of heaven. An encounter with Jesus is stepping from one realm into another realm. And in chapter 4, Jesus models. He says, this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like when heaven invades earth. This is what it looks like. This is what it tastes like. This is what it sounds like. This is what happens when heaven invades earth. And we read through Luke 4. And we think how amazing Jesus is. And how awesome it must have been to live that kind of life. But then again, he's Jesus. And we're just us. Then again, he's the son of God, and I'm just me, and you're just you. And sure, that's what happens when people encounter the son of God. But I'm just me. And you guys are just you. But Jesus, he would say some, he'd go on to say some crazy things later on in his life. I mean, he's talking to his disciples, and then he he would just make these crazy, ridiculous-sounding statements. I mean, he's, he, he's spent this life with them. He's, 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 on the re- he's finishing up. He's sharing his last moments with the disciples. And he tells them, he said, this is intimate time with the disciples. And he says, listen, guys, um, I've got to go. I'm going to be leaving soon. And the disciples, wait, wait, hold on, Jesus. No, you can't go anywhere. We got things to do here. We got, we got your kingdom to establish here. We got some Romans to overthrow. We got, we got your work to do right here. You're heading up this ship. You can't leave. What do you mean you have to go? And, he, and Jesus is like, well, I, you know, I got to go. My time is coming. And not only do I have to go, but it's better that I go. It's better that I leave you. And <laughs> Okay, uh, you, you know, we, 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 we kind of laughed at the first statement, but we're really laughing now. Jesus, what do you mean it's better that you go? I mean, what could be better than you here with us? We follow you around and we see everything that goes on. The, the blind receive sight. The, the lame walk. The dead are raised. You multiply food for the thousands. The deaf hear What could be better than you with us, God in the flesh, all the time? And Jesus says, well, if I don't go, I can't send the Holy Spirit to you. And you're going to have to trust me on this one. But when I tell you that it's better that I go, it is better for you and all of us. It's better for you. That I die, that I'm buried, that I'm resurrected, that I ascend, and that I'm glorified. Why? So I can send the Holy Spirit back to you. 
And he says, I'm going to send another counselor, talking about the Holy Spirit. And there's like another counselor. And we, look, we think about the word another. And so, so you guys have trees up here. So this is a tree. That's another tree. That's another tree. That's another tree. That's another tree. They're all trees. And that's another, 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 another. But none of them are the same. It's another tree, but none of them are the same. And so that's not the word that Jesus used. He said, it's like, here's a pew and here's another pew. They're the same and they are exactly the same. He said, I'm going to send you another counselor. And when I say another, I mean just like me. It's not like this tree and that tree is different from that. It's like this pew is the same as that pew right there. I'm going to send another and he is just like me. And he's going to live in you. And that is infinitely better than me being just here with you, 12. It's for the Holy Spirit to live in you and to walk with you, to be upon you everywhere that you go, all at the same time, so that all of you can be just like me wherever you are. He said, and that's better. That's better. That's why I've got to go. So that you and I can live that kind of life. See, because what was actually good for the disciples, what was actually better for them, is better for us too. We would love to have Jesus standing right here just like in our church right here and and i'd go ahead and well here you go jesus i'll just give this to you and you you know you preach whatever you want to preach and i'll sit down and we'll let everything happen it would be so good for him to be here with us but what was better for them is better for us what was better for the disciples is better for us because the holy spirit empowers us to be just like him. Jesus was baptized, full of the Spirit. He walked into the desert, then he walked out of it in the power of the Spirit. The same Spirit that empowered Jesus lives in us, is upon us. And he said that's infinitely better, that you can be just like me, all of you, all at the same time, wherever you're at, on at whatever corner of the globe that you're on, you can all be just like me. And what was Jesus? Jesus said, I am the gate. I'm a transition place. And so when people encounter us, when people encounter you, when they encounter me, they should encounter Jesus. And when they encountered Jesus, everything changed. Why? But he's, he, was a, he was a transition place from one realm to another. And he has built us, he has designed us to be the same type of gate, to be the same type of transition place. Where that heaven invades earth through us. That we broker another reality into this one. That, that Paul actually found words for it in Ephesians 2. That we are raised up and seated with Christ Jesus in heaven. In heavenly places, at the right hand of God. So we exist from that place to this place, not from this place to this place. And we become a gate. We become a transition point. And the reality is that when people encounter us, they encounter Jesus. And when they encounter Jesus, they encounter the reality of heaven. It was the same for him. It should be the same for us. And it's this great privilege that we get to live in. I don't know why.
you're not worth it. You don't deserve it. You're not good enough. You haven't earned it. You can't earn it. You'll never live a good enough life in order to prove yourself worthy of carrying his presence everywhere that you go. Of being that gate from his world into this world. There's nothing that you could ever do. There's nothing that I could ever do. You're not worth it. You, 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 don't, you don't deserve it. But he invites you into this place. Where he says, I'm not going to leave you here as orphans. You're not going to be here without a parent. You're not going to exist like that. You're my sons and you're my daughters and there's an inheritance for you. And that inheritance calls you into a place where you actually get to broker my world into this one. And everything that's true in my world now gets to become true in this world. And it's for this lifetime, not just the next. You see, the bottom line is that if people just encounter me when they come into contact with me, or they just encounter you when they come into contact with you, if that's all that ever happens, that's not good enough. I can never muster up enough love, enough compassion, enough mercy, enough grace, enough power, whatever it is. And you can't either. But if they encounter Jesus through you and through me, like we were born, we were built and we were destined to do. If they encounter him, that's always enough. It always changes things. It always makes a difference. His world is greater than this one, and you have the privilege of bringing it here. There's a couple of things that I live by in my life. He deserves to be known. That that is just ingrained in me. He deserves to be known among among any other thing. He deserves to be known. And the second one is he deserves to get what he paid for. And what he paid for. For you and for me in this lifetime, what he paid for. The price that he paid in his flesh. The price that he paid with his blood. What he paid for in this lifetime. Wasn't just so we could be forgiven of our sins and go to heaven when we die. That's part of it and that's great. But it was so you could bring heaven to earth. And not sit around here and just wait and say, oh, Lord, please come quickly. I hope that happens soon so that I can die and I can go to heaven. He says, what are you waiting for? I paid a price. I just, if there's any being in the universe that deserves to get what he paid for, it's him. And he paid a price, not just so you could go to heaven, but you could bring heaven here. That you could be the transition place. That you could be that gate that Jesus was. That you could be that house bordering on two realms. And that when people encounter you, they encounter Jesus, no matter what the situation is. And that what exists in his world supersedes what happens in this world. And if it doesn't exist over there, then it doesn't get to exist here. Why? Because you stepped on the scene. Everywhere you go, every conversation that you have, every relationship that you are a part of, no matter what the circumstance, every classroom that you step into, every sports activity that you're a part of, every business thing that you have to do or decision that you have to make, everything, it's an opportunity to be invaded by heaven. Why? Because you stepped onto the scene. God said, Jesus said, this is infinitely better. It's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit can empower you and live in all of you and all of you can be just like me all the time, every single moment of every every situation 
here, right now, no matter where you are. And that in every situation, that the reality of heaven invading earth can be made possible through you. Jesus was a gate. He lives in you. You are a gate. You're a transition place. Let's stand. Jesus, you're my first foundation. I know I can stand.